The Stinkin' Truth Podcast is presented by Core Water. He spent 12 years in the NFL. You can't trust a guy that gyrates his hips after he scores. Has three Super Bowl rings, made multiple Pro Bowl appearances, over 16 years of broadcasting between ESPN and Fox Sports. And that's why I'm the greatest football player and best sports analyst ever. He's a soap opera star. That's pretty, uh... I can't remember what I was supposed to say. <laughs> As a reoccurring role on HBO Ballers. Mark Slareth, handsome son bitch, get out here. And makes one hell of a bowl of green chili. It's Mark Slareth, and this is the Stinkin' Truth Podcast. Hey, welcome in the Stinkin' Truth Podcast. Mark Slareth, your host, along with my uh, co-host, uh, Mike Evans, Scott the Huff, on the board, producing. And uh, we are live from Atlanta where we survived, Mike, the storm of the century. Oh my God, Mark! It was uh, it, it was so dumb. It really was. It was stupid. I mean, you know, I love the good people of the South. Oh, they're wonderful. Jeez, people. grow a backbone, will you? So they literally on Monday, by mm. the end of the business day, they were anticipating about an inch, inch and a half snow on Tuesday, and they literally closed down schools and government. And mm. what did we get? We got a few raindrops, a few snow flurries. That was it. Sun was out by noontime. Blue sky. It was. The, there was like six mile an hour gusts, though, of wind. I tell you what. If you literally felt anybody's sack around here, it had no raisins in it. None. I promise you that. None. There was no change in the coin purse, if you know what I'm talking about. And you want to know why the North won the, the war. <laughs> I don't think you can say that. <laughs> you can't say Can you say that? Sure. Oh, Okay. That was Mike Evans, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> hey, by the way, this I grew uh, up up north. Yeah, this wonderful podcast is brought to you by the fine <laughs> folks at Core Water. They're our presenting sponsor, Core Water, the one with the big blue cap, the giant suck hole, perfectly balanced to match your body's pH level of seven point four. Delicious, award-winning, crisp, clean taste. You can find it at Seven Eleven and anywhere else that water is sold. You can find out more information at Core Water at Hydrate with Core. Excuse me, HydrateWithCore.com. Um, so, I mean, uh, we're, you know what surprises me about this? The first Super Bowl I ever covered as a television analyst. So, I got to play in three of them. And it's amazing because, you know, I told my wife, and maybe I'm just kind of a dick, but I told my wife, I was like, hey, listen, I'm, I'm here to actually, like, win a game. I'm not, this is not a vacation for me. I know you and the kids are going to come down. It's going to be great. And now I have to give my wife a ton of credit because she'll, she'll play the heavy. Like, I'm like, you deal with the tickets. You deal with the people. You deal with the requests. I don't want, I don't even want to be bothered with that. You deal with your parents and my parents and, you know, brother-in-laws and everything else, right? I don't want any of that stuff. I don't, I, I don't want to answer one of those questions. I don't want anybody calling me about any tickets or anything of that nature. So she's awesome. She handled all that stuff. And I just told her, hey, listen, I'll have dinner with you guys. Like, you get here Thursday. I'll have dinner Thursday night and Friday night. And then, basically, you're not going to see me Saturday. Um, and all I'm going to do is hang out with dinner with you guys on Thursday and Friday. The rest of the time, man, I'm preparing to win a football game. This is a business trip. I'll see you guys after we win the game on Sunday. We'll have a great time. But, you know, you have to understand what we're here for. But the first Super Bowl I ever uh, covered as a member of, of ESPN was the Rams and New England. And it was in New Orleans, and Mike, I was shocked at the level of, just the level of craziness in the city, the coverage, the radio row, the people who come here to cover this game, and all the players from around the league. Like, as a player, 
if I played in the Super Bowl, I went to it. If I didn't get into the playoffs or didn't make it into the Super Bowl, to the Super Bowl, I never even thought about going to a Super Bowl and, you know, and traveling around Radio Row and try to build my brand. or I never went to one. So I was actually literally shocked at the amount of coverage that was that, that surrounds this game. There's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. You've got media from all around the country, all around the world. Uh, you've got serious media. You've got not-so-serious media. You've got people that are here to cover football. You've got people that are here that are cover all, all the, the other stuff that goes along with, with being here. It's it's football's big event, and Roger Goodell talked about it during his press conference, his kind of state of the, the union, if you will, and he said, you know, our league is in great shape. People like our league. Um, there There's very little about our league that, that you... You know that people don't like, and I mean the NFL has some problems. But you like to joke about it all the time. It's like they're coated in Teflon; nothing sticks to them. And I think this year proved it again. So here we are. It's the big. It's the big party for the the NFL. And yeah, I mean you, it, it's a time to come down. It's a time to be seen. It's a time to promote stuff. It's a time to build your brand. So yeah, we we yeah. Back to your point though about what you're saying. Can you, you know, clearly there are teams that have gone on to win Super Bowls. That you can tell they had a good week of preparing to play in the Super Bowl, but can you think of many examples of of maybe some of the teams you beat in Super Bowls, where you sensed they their 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 approach during the week, you know, dramatically affected them on game day? Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting because you talk to you talk to people who covered those Buffalo Bills teams, and and when I was in Washington, we beat the Bills in one of the Super Bowls. Um, but you talk to te- the people who covered them, and they said, hey, man, like, I'm not saying they didn't work hard. I'm not saying they didn't prepare. I'm not saying they didn't study. But what I'm telling you is that you talk to those folks, and there are a lot of people who say, hey, they were out. At- I'm not saying they were out partying. They were out doing anything wrong. But they were out. They were in public. They, they like, were enjoying the festivities. They were enjoying the Super Bowl, and... You know, I'm sure some of my teammates were out. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that happened. But, like, the laser focus of the teams that I was on were huge. I, I will tell you this, Super Bowl Thirty Two against the Green Bay Packers, there was a sense going into that game. One, we were huge underdogs, like 13-point underdogs when the, when the um, you know, the line came out. I think we're 11-point half underdogs, 11-and-a-half-point underdogs when the kickoff happened. And we had played a game in Green Bay in December the year before and got our asses kicked. I mean, it was bad. Now, what happened in that game was Bill Musgrave actually started at quarterback. John was hurt, and he was out of the game. Terrell Davis was hurt. He was out of the game. Gary Zimmerman had shoulder surgery. He was out. I had had a knee surgery the week before. I actually played in it. Um, We had, like, the skeleton crew. We had a bunch of of backups playing defensively and offensively, and they beat the snot out of us. I mean, it was like 40-something to 7 or 40-something. I mean, it was an absolute ass-whipping. And I really believe that it affected the mindset of the Packers. I believe they came in there and said, oh, we remember this game from last year. We're just going to come run through these guys like, you know, shit through a goose. And we're all sitting there going, as as the Broncos going, you guys, you you didn't play us. That wasn't us you played. That was a, you know, that was, that was a, you know, the, the paper mache model of us. And 
there was a, I think there was a huge psychological advantage because when we popped them in the mouth right off the off of play one, they were like, oh, like this is like I know they were going. This is a different team, and um, I you know it was a great game, but I truly don't think they were prepared um, psychologically to play the real Denver Broncos. Well. I, well, it really, there'll be an issue this week because you know New England's going to be prepared. That's all they do. Right. I mean, it doesn't matter whether they're playing in the Super Bowl or they're playing, you know, the Buffalo Bills in the middle of November. I mean, you could pretty much count they're going to be ready. I guess the the wild card then is the Rams. Is this a team that is hungry? Uh, do, do they have that laser focus, or you know, can there be an element right. sometimes of, holy smokes, I can't believe I'm here sort of overwhelmed, right. not overwhelmed, but you know what I mean, distracted by the moment, uh, or maybe even happy to be here. Right. I think all that stuff, th- there's always the potential. I don't think you ever know how your team's going to react. Here's what I know about these two teams. You know, everybody asked me kind of the differences between Belichick and between um, Sean McVay. And obviously exterior, the exterior of these two. You know, Sean McVay's an incredibly dynamic personality, and Bill Parcells, in front of the camera is is stoic to the point of being boring, Belichick. right? Belichick. What did I say? You said Parcells. Oh yeah, Bill uh-huh. Belichick. I'm sorry. So you know, but here's here's I have played against Bill Belichick coach teams, whether he was a coordinator with the Giants or the head coach with the New England Patriots or the Jets. Um, no, he was only the Jets for a day or two, right? So, but he was a coordinator with the Jets, I think. And then, anyhow, um, I played a lot against him. Um, I actually played for him. As a matter of fact, when we beat the Jets. In the AFC Championship to go to that game, I played for Belichick because Parcells wouldn't travel to Hawaii. He hated flying. So Bill Belichick was the head coach of my Pro Bowl team that I played on. So I played for Bill Belichick, and I have covered the league for the last 18 years, but the last two years for Fox, and I've done three Sean McVay games. And it's the similarities that fascinate me. Um, These two teams are so incredibly well coached. And it's going to sound easy, but it's just not. They don't just tell you what to do. Like, this is what we're going to do. They tell you how we're going to do it. The depth of the route. The step we're going to take. The hand placement. Where I want your hat. So what we're going to do, how we're going to do it, and why we're doing it. So we're going to take these steps and we're going to use this footwork because when we run this play action or this fake off of this, this is how they'll read it. And so when you talk to guys that play for the Rams or guys that play for the Patriots, they have a better depth of football knowledge than other guys in the league. And I believe that's one of the things that makes these teams similar and so good is I just think they understand the game better than most teams understand the game. But what you're describing, though, come on. That sounds so simple. That sounds so logical. Right. You're telling me... Oh, I there, are, there are a bunch of coaching staffs around the NFL. Absolutely, that bunch don't of us. tell the where, how, and why. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, why do we do this? Because we've always done it that way. Okay, just do it the way I tell you to do it. There's all kinds of those conversations, and the truly good teams. Yeah, you know, I was on. I was, you know, a member of the Broncos um, for six years, who brought for a two thousand yard rusher in Terrell Davis. I was a member of the Washington Redskins, the Hogs. We gave up nine sacks in nineteen games. Nine sacks in 19 games. And I think the thing about that, Mike, is it's not just good enough to say, hey, you got to stay low or, hey, you got to, it's why. How do we do this? How do we block this? Hey, man, I don't like that technique. 
why don't you like that technique, the coach says. And I said, because I get, you know, I get this, this, and this, or I get off balance, or it gets me on my edge. Okay, well, how do we fix that? Well, I want to get this, and I feel like this. Like, as long as it makes sense. And Sean McVay told me this. He goes, listen, it's an open-door policy here, man. If you've got a better way to do it, I am wide open. Now, if your way doesn't make sense, or it's, you know, physically impossible for most, we're not going to change it. But if your idea makes sense, then we're changing it. We had a play in in Denver. It was called 1415 Bend. And it was the dumbest play call in the history of plays. Because 1415 Bend, if we called 14 Bend, right? It was a bend back play. So it was a form of gap. What people call gap runs. So if we called 14 bend, the back took off to the 15 hole. So he took off the left side, then he bent back over to the 14 side. Well, as a player, that makes me think of call it either bend 14, right? Or just call it 15 bend. We're bending back to the opposite side. Like, you guys call this shit wrong. <laughs> and they, the, I fought with them. I fought with the coordinator. And, and I was like, I fought with my offensive line coach. I go, you will have guys that are going to bust this. And it's going to be on you because you guys named it something that's stupid. And so we fought about it. And finally, I got them to change it. It's like, I will not know. And it's, they put it in. They, they call it 14 bend. And I go, don't you mean bend 14? Or do you mean 15 bend? And they, they get so mad at me. But there's a better way to call it so everybody's on the same page. So let's call it that. So it, it was always a, it was a joke between my offensive line coach and myself because like I had arguments about it. Like I, I'm just not going to, you know, I put my fingers in my ear. I'm not listening. I'm not listening, right? So the, those are things that if, it, if there's a better way to do it or call it or, or change it, then you should do it that way. So I'm just kind of curious, in terms of your laser-like Super Bowl focus that you always felt was was, was present this time, this mm-hmm. week, where, where does the uh, thermometer story fall into that laser-like focus of yours? That helped to loosen everybody up. Oh, really? Yes, that's a, that's a loosen up to get, the, to get the deal in. It's probably the best practical joke I think I've ever pulled in my entire and life. And you've done quite a few. So what right. made this one the best? Well, it just was because of, of the gravity of the situation. So we're in Miami, Super Bowl 33. And they have, you know, they have a, a, a pretty nice kind of training room facility. And like my trainers and, and the people that I was around, they knew that I was an idiot, right? I had a... a a year-long cribbage game going on with the um, with my head trainer Steve Antonopoulos, the Greek, and then I had a year-long um, dark game going on with uh, Doug West, our equipment manager, and and his assistant. I called him Vicini, um, and so I, I always was there early and always goofing around and, and having fun. Well, Miami had their training room, and off the back end of their training room, they had a cold tub and a hot tub. And in Denver, we didn't have a walk-in cold tub, so you had to get in these these standing like little tiny jacuzzis. You could get one or two guys in there, and they were just full of ice. But they had a recycling water cold tub, like a jacuzzi that was a cold tub. So the the water temperature was like forty degrees constantly, and it went through a refrigeration system. So it wasn't sitting in ice cubes, but it was freezing cold. 
And after practice, it's great for your legs. It's great for your body. You get the cold tub for a while, and then you'll go back and forth to the hot tub or whatever. But it's great to kind of regenerate your legs and make you feel good and everything. So I'm back and forth between the cold tub and the hot tub. And there in the hot tub, they've got one of those thermometers, like those pool thermometers. They're about 12 inches long, and they float. You know, they got one end that's really big. And so I see this thermometer, and I have this brilliant idea, right? So I take this thermometer, and I stick it in my ass cheeks, and I pinch it in my ass cheeks. <laughs> and so then I've got this thermometer hanging out of my ass, but I'm full front noodle, nudity, right? Full frontal nudity. And there's one of the Miami Dolphins trainers who doesn't know me. He's never met me, right? And I get out of the water, and I'm standing on one of the top steps. So the only thing that's covered in water is my ankles. And my, you know, all my equipment is staring right at this guy. And I say to him, hey, dude, dude. I go, something's wrong, man. I don't feel good. I don't feel good. Go get, go get Greek for me, will you? And he's like, yeah, right away. So he sprints out of there, right? And he runs into the training room. And so Greek and the whole training staff, not only Miami's, but Denver's runs in to tend to me. How many people? There's got to be six people. Okay. Right? And so Greek is like, Stink, what's up? What's up? I go, oh, I go, dude. And I'm leaning over kind of the, the railing. You know how the jacuzzi has a railing yeah, that you walk yeah. into? So I'm kind of leaning over it now, right? And I've got my head kind of on my hand. He goes, what's wrong? We're talking. He touches my shoulder. He goes, are you all right? I go, no, Greek, I don't know, man. I just got, all of a sudden I got dizzy. I feel like I'm going to throw up. I don't, I don't know what's wrong. He said, let's get you out of here. I go, but first, just check my temperature. And I turned around, and I had that thermometer hanging out of my ass. And I fell back in the hot tub. I was howling. I thought it was the funniest thing that has ever happened. And I'm and they're like, hey, fuck you, stink. You, you know, I mean, they were pissed off. Right. And these Miami trainers, I kid you not, they were all just like in shock. Like gawky jawed, you know, looking at me like, who the, who is this dude? Like, who is this freak show? And I just thought it was the funniest thing I had ever done in my entire life. So, yeah, that's uh, that that's uh, that brings a little levity, levity, levity to the game, right? Yes. But that's that's part of the fun. That's why the locker room is just a, it's it's a different place, man. It's just a different like. There's where else in the world could you do that and, and not get fired? And not get fired, yeah. right? Those poor Miami guys, they must have been talking about that. Dude, I have still bumped in. I have bumped into guys like 15 years later, and they're like, oh, dude, you're like, you're the thermometer you're guy. You're the thermometer guy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The legend precedes yes. itself. Precedes itself. Uh, well, that, that's kind of like what the, the week is about. And next time we, we talk, we'll, we'll really dive into the matchup. Yeah, we'll break down this game and um, figure out who you're picking, who I'm picking, the reasons we're doing it. We'll break it all down. And um, I'll tell you what, it's going to be a it's gonna be fun, man. I'm, I'm really looking forward to this matchup. And we'll be back with you guys later in the week. For everybody involved in the Stinkin' Truth podcast, for our presenting sponsor, Core Water, we thank you so much for listening. And uh, we'll be back to wrap it all up at the end of the week with our predictions. The Stinkin' Truth Podcast, presented by Core Water. Subscribe to the Stinkin' Truth Podcast via Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, SoundCloud, and plenty of other podcast platforms.